Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's national feminist current affairs programs, produced by women and gender diverse broadcasters at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, on unceded Kulin lands, and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Senya. On today's show, we cover Trans Awareness Week, which was held from the 13th to the 20th of November. We head to NAM's first Trans Pride March, which was held on the 13th of November to hear from speakers Anastasia LaRose and Mama Marin and her son Jay. We then head to Trans Day of Remembrance, held on the 20th of November, to hear from Key Change, Trans and Gender Diverse Choir, as well as Whit Gorey. Please note that some of the speeches touch on transphobia and suicide. If you're a trans or gender diverse person and you're distressed by any of the content in today's episode, please reach out to QLife, a free LGBTIQA phone and web chat counselling service for support. Find them at qlife.org.au. Let's now hear from speakers at NAM's Trans Pride March. Next up. We have Anastasia Lee Rose. She was one of um, the original speakers of 2020. She was, so she waited three years to write this speech, right, sis? <laughs> so she's the only one stayed and, and yeah, here we are. Anastasia is a woman of trans experience and intersectionally uh, a person of multicultural experience. Anastasia embraced the powerful happiness through self-empowerment and authenticity. She has experienced misandry journey through her own womanhood, then the bittersweet misogyny and sexism. Welcome, Anastasia. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you everybody. Um, Before I start, I would like to again pay pay my respect and extend it to the original owner of the land, as well as the many original owners of the lands across our planet. Um, sovereignty is never ceded and, and ne- never will be. And um, I, I re- my deepest gratitude to everybody here today and to the LGBTIQ trans and gender diverse um, elders who actually paved the way for us as well. So I would like to start just about me first. Um, at four years old, or as long as I could remember, I started to speaking to the person in front of me in the mirror and calling them as she, her. I never, I never understood what that meant to me. Um, I was told I was a boy, you know, I had um, my penis there, and so I, I should be a boy. And um, at six years old, I started to sneak into my mum's boudoir, <laughs> um, trying on different things, um, and just wanted to be like my female cousins. And I went throughout, and I, and I grew up from six years old until 14 carrying this hatred, this ugly, deep void inside me, and I never understood. I wanted to be like my female cousins and my female classmates so badly, 
and yet at the same time I have grown up in a country where women like myself or anybody existed outside of the binary gender would be spat at, would be abused and most likely just end up on the street and their body might be found somewhere and they would never be acknowledged and that was my reality I, from 14 to 15 or even before then every day I would turn on the shower and cry for no reason I could never understand what was this rage underneath me and what was this fear all I knew is I shouldn't be acting like a sissy because I didn't want to have any issues with my classmates I needed to act a certain way just so that I could study in peace I came to Australia at the age of 16 and things turned around for me quite drastically I came here as a student um, so those two years of blessing in a way to focus on VCE and trying to pass you know getting into university um, really got my confusion my fear and my rage out of the way and then when I entered university that was when things got a bit messy and the beast crawled out yeah. <laughs> um, I I questioned why I just kept looking at the testosterone pumped classmates in my sports science class and in my nutrition classes and um, and yet I would be so jealous of their girlfriends I wanted to be like those girls but there was nothing to support me back then there was no paperwork everything was about homosexuality DNA magazines were on at the front shelf of you know um, of um, borders the bookshop if you remember and so I thought I was just gay and even then it was not quite a pleasant experience I got slammed for being too fam, too twinky I got slammed for being a bit flamboyant, wearing a bit of eyeliner um, I got slammed for just simply because I could not speak English well enough so and then of course you know things happen whatever happened to me and transpired to me from my, my early years at university to the end of it is a, is a rather common story that many of our trans and gender diverse siblings would have faced I stopped speaking to my family I no longer have support from them and um, I became a stray cat <laughs> and, um, and I worked hard to earn my degree in nutrition and um, you know um, food science and a bit of philosophy and even then that day when I received my heart earned scroll I still felt empty the things that filled me up the most was actually a year later when I decided to celebrate my achievement was when I put on a cheap wig <laughs> And, some, and, and a cheap um, dress from Savers in Footstrand and I felt whole, I felt amazing for the first time in my life looking at the synthetic hair and the badly placed makeup 
I saw my true self. And it 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 it's, it's, it was something euphoric. You just it's amazing. And I and unfortunately at that time I was still living through criticism, through misogyny from the LGBT uh, LG B community mostly. And I still have the occasional and some a, a small number of our trans sisters calling me and telling me that I should act like a lady or that I should dress in certain way to be a lady and at the same time I went on through all, all of these dating apps and I've been told by different men to have bigger boobs <laughs> to do my hair in certain ways to look certain way to be more appealing to them as a person at that time who had gone through 28 years of their life seeking for validation and acceptance, I lost seeing my, I stopped seeing my own light. And I kept chasing for their own, you know, for that false hope that one day somebody will accept me and embrace me. It was my last call at my third suicide attempt that I say fuck it <laughs> um, I have lived through everything anybody could imagine I earned my, my place here I earned my seat at the table yes. yeah. and that was when I learned about pride Pride for me transitioned from wanting to bleach my skin, colouring my hair, to look a bit more acceptable in the eyes of my own people, where colorism and internalised racism is very prominent because they employed the mindset of the 60s colonisation. Pride for me eventually evolved into embrace my sexuality, embracing the clashes of culture that I carry with me. I don't identify as, um, as you know, as Vietnamese or as Australian. I identify as just me being multicultural, being multifaceted, and being intersectional, and that's who I am. All right, next up, we have Jake, sorry, Jay Wake and Marion Wake. Yes, big, a round of applause. So Jay Wake, pronouncing him, is a 14-year-old young person who loves drawing, baseball, being creative, and is so proud to be transgender. Jay is a youth ambassador with Transcend Australia as well as a strong volunteer and advocate for his community. Jay is the illustrator of the Dinosaur Squad story about intergeneral, intergeneral, <laughs> my Asian tongue, my gosh, <laughs> intergenerational pride. Jay is a proud to offer his story and his reality to support other young LGBTQIA plus people to feel safe and seen. Marine Wake, she, her, is a health and education consultant and works as an LGBTQIA plus child and family practitioner as well as a tra trauma 
inform and diversity and inclusion educator. So welcome. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, please give. I'm really emotional, actually. Um, I just wanted to start off by acknowledging the land we're all on today, but I also wanted to acknowledge the unceded lands of the Wadawurrung people, um, where I say Nyatni to the traditional owners of Wadawurrung land, where we get to live, work, and play. I'm really grateful for that. Um, child abuser, someone who mutilates their child criminal who should be locked up. These are just a few things I get called as the proud parent of a trans child. To all those people who say this and think this, fuck you. You have no... You, you have no fucking idea. To the other parents, carers and supporters of transgender diverse and young people, I know this heteronormative binary world we live in can make this hard and scary, but when your child invites you into who they are, please, please love them, listen and learn. Love them as you always have, listen to who they are, even when this might change, and learn what you need to know. And part of that learning can be reaching out to this, this community who's here today. This community, believe me, and when your child offers who they are to you is an absolute gift. And that gift is like nothing else you could ever imagine. And the love that you'll get back is absolutely extraordinary. To the politicians, the rule makers, the colonized systems, stop talking about us and talk to us. You don't know our families. You don't know our kids or who we are, you must listen and learn. To the trans and gender diverse community and our squad. We're here because of you. Thank you for helping me save my child's life. I get the privilege of every day sitting and listening to young queer kids and I'm absolutely grateful to do the work I do. But to all the trans and gender diverse, non-binary young people who are here today, maybe listening, I know it's tough and I know the world can fucking suck big time. But know that we are here, I am here. I know at times it doesn't feel like it, but please, please stay here and keep looking for us, your family, and I promise you will find us, your community and your family. For everybody, you know, I have three words often. Protect trans kids. Um, I would like to now introduce someone who every day teaches me how to be a wiser and better person, my son, Jay Wake. Hi, Maren, let's hear from Jay. Hi, I'm Jay. And I'm proud to stand here today as a trans person. Trans awareness is somewhere to start. It means being able to be me in all the places that matter. Home, school, sport, and most importantly, in all my community. When I look around here today, I see my community, my future, 
and my family where I can be me. Transphobia hurts, and I wish it didn't exist. Being bullied makes it hard for me to exist in the world, and I know so many other kids who feel the same way. Schools need to do better to create a safe space for us. I hope one day we can find spaces where being trans isn't all that matters. As I say to my mom, there's so much more to me than just being trans. When I'm with my community, I can breathe easier and be me. To all the trans and other gender diverse kids here, we can stand together to change the world. If not us, then who? Thank you for having me. On community radio around Australia, you are listening to Women on the Line. Today we are covering Trans Awareness Week, which was held from the 13th to 20th of November. You just heard us at NAM's first Trans Pride March. You heard from speakers Anastasia LaRose and Mama Marin and her transgender son, Jay. Up next, we head to Trans Day of Remembrance. We hear from Key Change Trans and Gender Diverse Choir, as well as Whit Gorey speak on his project, Beyond Bricks and Bars, a project which provides direct support to trans and gender diverse people who are incarcerated in so-called Victoria. Let's hear from Key Change and Whit Gorey. Your true colors, that's why I love 
Keychain. So next speaker, Wit Gori, they, he. Wit is a transgender social worker who for the past decade has worked alongside communities impacted by criminalization. They have seen the impact of prison for trans and gender diverse people firsthand and the unique issues that trans and gender diverse people face inside when they're trying to get released. Welcome, Wit Gori. Hello. Um, I'd first like to acknowledge whose land we're on, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are here tonight, in particular any sister girls, brother boys, trans and gender diverse First Nations people. I would like to recognise and give my respect to the rich, diverse and complex gender identities and expressions that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have had throughout history, long before invasion and continue to in their resistance against colonisation. Thanks for having me tonight. Um, my name's Whit Gorey. I'm a proud trans non-binary person, and my pronouns are they or he. I'm also a trans dad to twins, Yirong and Nanwan, there, who may probably try and talk over the top of me, um, which is fair enough. Um, I'd also like to give a quick shout out to any trans or gender diverse parents in the room. There's nothing I'm more proud of in this world than my babies and the privilege of being their dad as a trans person. Um, I'm here tonight to hold space for our community who cannot be here the many trans and gender diverse people who sit behind the walls of adult, youth and immigration prisons, and for those of our community who have lost their lives to the violence of these systems. I'm an abolitionist social worker and run a project alongside trans and gender diverse people who are criminalised and incarcerated in Victoria, called Beyond Bricks and Bars. I'm also a committee member on the Incarcerated Trans and Gender Diverse Community Fund, a mutual aid fund accessible to any trans or gender diverse person who is currently incarcerated or recently released from prison to access financial material aid while in custody and to rebuild life when returning to the community. The Incarcerated Fund began over two years ago in the peak of the COVID pandemic as a direct response to the urgent needs of our community behind bars. It is overseen by a committee of trans people who have experiences of criminalisation individually or with family inside or are directly supporting incarcerated trans and gender diverse people. The fund remains sustained by community donations and provides assistance to trans and gender diverse people all over this continent. Beyond Bricks and Bars is a social work and advocacy project located here in Victoria. The project started four years ago when I met with a young trans woman who was located in a men's prison here in regional Victoria. In that first conversation, she explained to me that there was no support available to her or any trans person in custody. She had no access to hormones, counselling, bras or gender appropriate underwear. She was rarely referred to by her correct name or her pronouns and was constantly strategizing around her personal safety in an environment where sexual, physical and psychological violence is a daily reality. Through word of mouth, more and more referrals for support from trans people inside came. So I met with everyone who asked and continued to do this support work for three years on a voluntary basis alongside my paid work as a social worker. 
By mid-2021, the demand for support was far greater than I could offer as a side gig. So with encouragement from trans people inside, friends and community, I launched a crowdfunder. Over the past 12 months, the project has received enough donations to employ both myself and another worker, Max, part-time to provide direct social work support and advocacy across Victorian prisons and within the community as our siblings inside return home. The Umbricks and Bars exists in its current capacity because of community, including many of you in this room. We almost, we, we almost entirely run from the generosity of donations. And of course, the only grant we've ever received is also from our community, Transgender Victoria. Thank you for your continued support and solidarity. I won't go into detail with the horrific conditions and experiences that trans and gender diverse people endure from the violence of prisons and police every day. I will say that overwhelmingly, those of our community who are inside are transgender women. In particular, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sister girls and trans women tra and trans women of colour. Reflecting the ways in which transphobia, especially trans misogyny, racism and criminalisation intersect. Of the trans people we support in the project, 90% are placed in, women's pr in men's prisons. Of the few that make it into the women's system, almost all are placed in long-term solitary confinement. As a community, we have a long history of fighting back against prisons and policing. Historically, this work has largely been undertaken by black trans women and sex workers, from Silvio Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson in New York to Phyllis McGuinness and Vicki Harris in Sydney, who th through their own criminalization as trans sex workers, ran the first test case for gender recognition of trans people in 1982. Fighting back against these systems is a fundamental part of our history and I believe in the power of that fight is our legacy. I'd like to speak the names of two trans women we know have lost their lives at the hands of the prison system and its violence. Veronica Baxter. Veronica was an Aboriginal trans woman who died in 2009 at the age of 34 in Silverwater Men's Prison, New South Wales, after being remanded. She had been refused bail and in custody for only six days before being found dead in her cell. Veronica's family fought for two years for a coronial inquest into the suspicious circumstances of her death. When they finally were successful, the coroner spent less than seven hours considering her matter, placed a gag order on the proceedings and ruled her cause of death as a suicide. Marjorie Harwood. Marjorie was a, tra a Tasmanian trans woman who died in 2018 at the age of 38. She had experienced horrific sexual violence while in custody in Risdon Men's Prison, Tasmania in 2017 and sustained serious injuries as a result. After being released, she was at risk of returning to custody due to survival-based charges relating to shoplifting. Marjorie was hospitalised in 2018 with a kidney illness and was so scared of returning to prison, she refused treatment and passed away shortly after. Marjorie's mother, Rosemary, is still fighting for accountability and justice for her daughter. It's impossible to know how many other trans and gender diverse people have died in prisons and police cells here in so-called Australia. Historically, our community has been invisibilised within these systems, our identities too threatening to the rigid and extreme binary of the prison industrial complex. What I do know is, with my work alongside criminalised and incarcerated, with my, sorry, what I do know, my work alongside our criminalised and incarcerated siblings, is that we can and we do keep our community safe, both inside and outside prison walls. The young trans woman I met four years ago will soon be released. 
I've spent the last few weeks helping her source furniture from the community for our new home in preparation. While in prison, she has studied community services and halfway through a cert for an AOD counselling, all of which she's organised and paid for herself, not the prison. She is passionate about supporting and improving the lives of other trans people inside, so no one else has to go through what she has. I'm immensely proud to say she'll start working in Beyond Bricks and Bars in the new year. This is our legacy, the way we care and show up for each other, the strength we hold together. We must never forget our history, those who have come before us, those we have lost, and the fight, love, and rage that have, they have instilled in us all, because truly, none of us are free until we all are. Thank you. And that's all for Women on the Line today. You've been listening to us cover Trans Awareness Week, held from the 13th to 20th of November. We heard from a range of speakers touch on topics affecting the transgender community, such as high rates of incarceration of Aboriginal trans women and trans women of colour, transphobia, safer school spaces, mental health and community building. If you're a trans or gender diverse person, and listening to any of this content has been distressing for you, please reach out for support. You can reach out to QLife, a free LGBTIQA plus phone and web chat counselling service at qlife.org.au. Thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support. The theme music for our show is by Ripley Kavara. I'm Senya and tune in to Women on the Line next week on your local community radio station. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.